Hi, and welcome to Safe Space. I am your host, the Artistic Psychologist. Hello, and welcome back to the Safe Space podcast. In this episode, we'll be discussing grief and grieving. This may be a triggering topic for some, and if this is the case, remember that it's perfectly fine to press the stop button on this episode. A gentle reminder to be mindful when sharing this episode with your loved ones. If you feel it may be triggering them in any way, ask their permission first and give them a heads up on what the episode is about. Helpful resources will be linked in the bio of each episode in this series on grief and grieving. Feel free to check them out and get the help you need. Okay. To kick off the series on grief, we have two professionals on the show, Leila and Gloria. They are both counseling psychologists and have both done work on grief. They are also my colleagues and friends, and I'm excited to have them both on the show. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having us. How are you feeling today, Leila? Um, great. I'm excited to talk about the topic as much as it's a sad topic, but I think it's a um, conversation that needs to be had and to be uh, and uh, to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. How are you feeling, Gloria? I'm great. I'm excited. Um, I'm really looking forward to this episode. I think it's uh, really useful and beneficial to other people to listen to this sort of thing. Okay. So let me begin by asking, what is grief and when do we grieve? Who wants to take the question? Leila, Gloria? Leila. <laughs> okay, I get to start. Um, grief is actually the more or less the body reaction um, towards loss. And it could be the loss of someone, something, or um, or even a pet, an animal. So it's just your bodily reaction to that. Um, and it's normally the reaction is, uh, it could be, it's both psychological, emotional, and uh, physiological. Um, basically, that's how I define grief. Do you have anything to add, Gloria? Um, I'll just add that it could be loss to death or loss to maybe like a, an ended friendship or relationship, um, a divorce, that sort of thing. So it doesn't, it's not always death. It could be, you could grieve somebody who is alive but not in your life anymore. Mm, so the end of anything, whether it's a yes. life, a relationship, yes, a job. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, so they're the same as five stages of grief, denial, anger, beginning, depression, and acceptance. Um, could you speak on that? Do we all go through these five stages and must they be navigated in that order? Mm, generally, we do. Is it in the same order? No, not really. And uh, one thing that we need to notice is that um, it happens in continuum, but not like you stop one and then you start another one. Sometimes it can actually happen. Uh, it just happens in a continu- in a continuum flow. So um, some people might start with acceptance, maybe depending on the loss, the type oh. of loss. Yeah. Wow, okay. Some, yeah. <laughs> Love the reaction for you. <laughs> yes, so depending on the type of um, the loss, uh, maybe, uh, let me give an example. If somebody was going through, maybe they were sick for a very long time. Mm. And then finally they just succumb. And you see them in the pain and they've prepared you. So it's very easy to first accept and then eventually they're like, okay, wait, this person is gone. Um, uh, or maybe it's, uh, let's say maybe divorce. It depends on the situation and the circumstances. And then we oscillate. So it could be, um, denial. And then we go to anger. And then we go to depression by gaining. And then acceptance. So it just depends on where you are at. And it's very easy to also, uh, bounce back 
into the other stage. So you can be at acceptance in the morning and at lunchtime you're in denial completely. So it just depends on what's going on. But um, I think what we just need to note is allow that they allow, um, we need to allow ourselves to just go through the flow and allow, allow our bodies to uh, channel through whatever stages that we're going through at that time. Okay, so this is not a linear process. It can be all over the place. Yes, I describe it as, you see the way a child doodles mm-hmm. uh, um, on a piece of paper? That's how my description of how the stages of grief are. So you just never know where you are at at some point. And it's very overwhelming and overflowing at the same time. So it can be very, very um, sometimes overwhelming to a level that you don't even know which stage you are at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And maybe, Gloria, you can answer this. Do you think, does everybody have to feel every single stage? Or is it possible to just have a few and not the others? No, not everybody has to feel every single stage. Um yeah, maybe you could feel like three out of five and live your life ten years. You've never felt um, the other two. So no, you don't You don't have to. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, we've already touched on this, but maybe you can talk about it some more. Is grief only limited to loss by death or do people grieve other losses as well? And maybe we can give examples of that. Um, we grieve other losses, uh, like a loss of a job. Sometimes we... I think we relate grieving to a loss of a job, maybe if you've worked there for, for a very long time, but that not that is not necessarily the case. Uh, you might have worked somewhere for three months, but the touch, the impact that you've had and the people, you know, maybe it's a cordial place, uh, the way you've been, the way you've related with your colleagues at work. Uh, so when you lose the job, whether whether you resign from the from the workplace or... Like with COVID, you know, many people were laid off and some were, some of the positions were declared redundant. It can still be triggering. It can still, you can still go through the loss and grieving process. Another example would be just the loss of maybe something you value. Let's say um, a necklace or a, an earring that you really, really love and value. And you lose that. It uh, That can also, um, sometimes you can actually go through a grieving process um, in that. So um, it's not necessarily by death. And is there any difference between grief caused by death and grief caused by other factors? Maybe in the grieving process or any of that? Um, I would just say that death is final. So there's no, like, you don't have that hope of we can go back to, let's say if it was like, I don't know, you are laid off a job. They still, maybe you have in the back of your mind a small prospect that maybe next year they'll call me back or 10 years from now, whatever. But death is final. Like, there's no... There's, it lacks the hope aspect that other things might have. Yeah. Okay. And um, you mentioned that sometimes it could be grief from maybe losing a necklace or something. <laughs> Is I don't know how to ask this. I think sometimes maybe we compare grief and mm-hmm. we think like, oh, if somebody loses somebody to death, then that's great grief. Mm-hmm. But then if someone comes to you and says, um, let's say, I lost a really important necklace to me. Maybe somebody will will ridicule them. Yeah, is it fair to compare grief? Really, can we say that some grief is greater than others? Some losses are greater than others. Mm, not really. And one of the analogy I will use is um, let's just give an example. Like Pauline, you have a pair of shoe, mm. and um, and it's new and it's pinching. And Gloria also has a new pair of shoe and it's pinching. Both of you, the the shoes are pinching different parts of the sh- of the of your soul <clears throat> or of your feet but you're all struggling even walking 
to an extent that maybe you even develop cons and all that. Uh, it's the same way with grief. The intensity is um, dependent on the on the person who's actually feeling it. So we can't compare. Um, the duration is probably could be the difference. Maybe if you've lost a necklace, it's easy to cry over it for a day or two and you'll be okay. But if you've lost a loved one, someone you really care for, especially let's, let me give an example, maybe a child or a parent, then the intensity is completely different. Um, also the memories that you've had with the person and the tragedy, um, probably also the, the way they, they passed on is different. But we can't compare. Yeah, we can't compare. It's not fair at all. I think it's fair to say that because um, I think many times people invalidate the grief people go through. And I mean, a loss is a loss. Who are we to judge? We don't know how important something is to somebody. I also want to add, sorry, um, even one person can grieve different things differently. So, for example, I lose my mom and I cry for, for example, one month. Then I lose my brother and I cry for only two weeks. As an example, assuming crying is the factor. So one person, like you can't also compare within the same mm-hmm. person. Like, oh, your husband died and you are fine. Why is it that now your child, you want to die also? Yeah. Okay. So we're dealing with a pandemic and we have been for close to t- two years now. And one of the things I believe this has done is to throw a lot of us deep into grief. Whether we're giving loss of loved ones from the pandemic or loss of jobs or whatever it is how have you seen grief manifest itself during this time is it any different from how it would be when we were in normal times what we call normal times now i think the biggest difference is um now we're enclosed um social there's the social distancing there's the physical touch that has been limited and uh human beings we long for a sense of belonging and togetherness and touch is very important when it comes to grief it's very very important just the hugs and the cuddles when you're grieving but then looking at it now with the restraint and um, you find maybe uh, circumstances are different probably um, a family member has passed on or um, and they passed they they had COVID let's say maybe they COVID complication and uh, one or two other family members also has it. So there's isolation and there's um, self-quarantining as we are grieving and we are doing all the all the burial arrangements. Um, with that coming into play, then it becomes even difficult to share and, and go through the process. Um, culturally also, I will never negate whenever it comes to grieving, also looking at the cultural aspect of the whole situation, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the different... Um, cultural backgrounds and ethnic groups we would mourn differently like maybe three four days stay with the body cry over it that just helps with the collective mourning and the collective grieving which um is not happening now and even if it is it's really limited so it has affected many people in terms of how they grieve and how they express their grief uh let's say uh, maybe um with the example of a job loss or a necklace um, so probably I've lost a necklace and somebody has lost a, a job, lo- uh, has lost a job. It's very easy to even negate or compare because you, you, you know, when somebody is expressing that, then the other one is like, but look, mm-hmm. um, it's worse. It could be worse. You know, we are in a worse situation. Um, so it's really, really is, uh, becoming complex. Um, and you can't really, um, express these things virtually as you would if you're with someone. Mm-hmm. 
or have coffee with someone or cry with someone or just sit with somebody and really have a conversation around it so it's really um affecting um us as a as a community and as people because of just now things have really changed so and then the the <clears throat> in terms of like let's say death we are losing people very it's become very rampant yeah. so even forgetting that we lost someone mm-hmm. is almost unless now it's a very close loved one mm-hmm. but it's very easy to just on to the next and on to the next and on to the next so it's it's uh, almost we're it's like we're almost operating in a robotic state yeah. and some people actually um what i've seen now in the practices are there's more of numbing, numbing yeah. instead of um um grieving expressions mm-hmm. coming out and flowing through and as you have anything to add um i think i'll talk about the grieving the loss of routine so you just knew mm-hmm. in the morning i wake up i eat breakfast i go to school like you had things that you did in a day now people are being forced to like sit with their thoughts or sit with their families and there's the grieving of your grieving what you do like that routine that you don't have anymore but also realizing your environment like actually my relationship with my parent or my sibling is not that great or i relied so much on a routine and i actually have so much anxiety but because i was so busy um i didn't notice it that much so yeah there's the grieving and then also accepting that there's a lot of things that you are relying on to just get through life yeah yeah i don't think many people have thought of it that way it's true and that must be frustrating and scary for many people the loss of routine of the realization that things have not been okay mm-hmm. and um on what lila said about culture that's also really important i think for many of us we feel like we're not even being given the time to grieve like somebody dies and then you're being told okay in 2 days you need to bury this mm-hmm. person and many people actually because you said sometimes it's due to covid and some of us have covid maybe you can't even attend the funeral like that's heartbreaking I, i can't even imagine and of course there's also the dealing with um since people are in isolation they die alone and that's really hard to deal with you're just mm-hmm. thinking like oh they were by themselves you know nobody saw them and then when they come you know they're bringing the body like it's just too quick so yeah of course the numbing comes in and it's pretty difficult to deal with um I'm sure you've had this said before that grief will sometimes present itself like depression. Yeah. Could you please speak more on that? Gloria Lila. <laughs> um The thing about grief is that it presents itself in everything. So its likeness to depression is ex- extreme emotion. Um you could also feel like what what's this word when you when you have no like zeal to do things like no motivation um hopelessness hopelessness yeah. um and just lack of motivation lethargy mm. exhaustion exhaustion all, all the things you can think of when you say that person is depressed can and will most likely present themselves if you're going through grief mm. um it's just that i think a lot of the times they're not associated for example like let that you why are you tired and people have been in your house cooking for you taking care of you all this time um so you don't realize that that's actually grief presenting itself in my life mm-hmm. yeah okay i'd also like to add that um the difference now between um grief and depression which we need to notice that um grief what happens that you oscillate so you go through the emotions but then 
uh, the hopelessness does not last uh, full time. Like you will be hopeless in the morning, but in the evening you can actually get out of the bed and do something. So it's not a constant. So with grief, um, it's it's a flow. Yeah. It, it flows through. So you're sad now, and then you're not, and then you're happy, and then you're able to smile. But with grief, it's it's more a constant. With uh, the depression. with depression, sorry, is more of a constant. So and that's when now, of course, we need uh, you need professional help to help you uh, process the depression. Grief, some people can actually go through it and be okay without uh, seeking professional help, just with the social support mm-hmm. and um, and just a collective mourning. One is able to bounce back after some time. Okay. And professionally, is it easy to confuse the two, grief and depression? Um, one of the main things, one of the main assessments that is expected of a professional is to first ask. That's why we do an intake form. Uh, so you ask, has there has there been any a major event uh, that have happened in your life in the in the recent past? So once that has been established, and then now you're able to deal with the issues uh, that are presented. But uh, it's possible to actually treat uh, the grief symptoms with antidepressants because depending on what the issues are, yeah. But then eventually, if the person is able to cope properly, we win you off the medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And you've mentioned that for some people, it's easier to get through the grief without therapy or anything. Are there specific things about an individual that helps them do that? Yes, so we look at their protective factors. Protective factors is do they have the social support? Do they have, um, especially the social support, um, then how maybe they're bringing, if, if they just had a good secure bringing, then they should be able to deal with it properly. Um, also sometimes religion and faith helps. It mm-hmm. comes into support. And then also just, uh, looking at the way the person passed on. If it was tragic, then it becomes a problem. But if you went, if maybe they went through the whole stages, somebody was sick uh, for a long time, um, and then also depending on the closeness they had with the person who passed on, if it's a distant, maybe a distant loved one or a distant relative, um, and the cordial relationship they had, then it's it's um, depends that that definitely um, affects how they will go through it. But then now the complication becomes if it's uh the complication comes in if it was a tragic death if the person was young um um and then if it was an accident or maybe the complicated type of grief and the dis- disfranchised type of grief where somebody just disappeared from home mm. so you really don't know even whether you're mourning for someone who's gone or the person who's alive so those are the challenges that now bring the complexities of grief do you have anything to add? No, I think that's good. But would you would you have a question mm-hmm. about whether you would say suicide mm-hmm. is also would go under complicated complicated um, grief, suicide and murder? Yes, uh, suicide and homicide. Yes, because you see, suicide is also tragic. Uh, sometimes they leave a note. Sometimes it's not uh, suicide by suicide. Sometimes they leave a note. Sometimes there's no note. So. Um, the ones who are left behind, you're left asking, where did we go wrong? Mm. Could we have done something to save this person? Uh, homicide, the same. Somebody was murdered. Um, maybe you just had a phone call with them or you just said goodbye in the morning and had plans to meet in the evening. And then uh, now you're called to identify the body. So again, that's tragic. So it can definitely um, affect 
uh, the grieving process. You've mentioned that term, complicated grief. So is there a different grieving process? Are there different type of griefs? Yes. So we have acute, as far as I can remember. I'll try and remember as much as I can. <laughs> we have acute, that is just when you immediately you hear a loved one has passed on. So the reaction is um, maybe shock. Some people will laugh hysterically. Some will cry. Some will roll on the floor. Some um, will not even know what, you know, some will just go numb. Um, like that's just how the body reacts at that moment. So that's acute grief, just immediately after you've gotten the news. And then we have now this uh, franchised uh, type of grief where it's a type of grief where you, um, it's not acceptable or appreciated or expected uh, for you to grieve by, uh, by, by, yeah, culturally. Um, uh, yeah, like now somebody who has, who has lost woke up in the morning and they disappeared mm. or um a parent who uh slowly you've seen them just fading away alzheimer's mm. you know because this is someone now completely they're there but they're not there yeah. or in a coma they're there but they're not there so even when you're crying and you're grieving people are wondering why why you this person is here why are you grieving mm. and then we have complicated grief um where by now it's um co- probably the death of the loved one or the loss was tragic like death by suicide and and uh, that suicide it could suicide can oscillate between disfranchised and um, and complicated mm. because again culturally like with the christian faith um you're not expected to mourn for such persons yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the African uh, culture also is very, very strict and and very, uh, very harsh, harsh, on uh, somebody who has actually taken their own lives. So then, as as family members, you don't know what to do because then this person is being buried at night. Mm-hmm. Um, we have such cases. Um, then we have um, chronic grief. Chronic now is the one that uh, just continues for a very long time. You find somebody um, has grieved for 10, 15 years. They've never really improved. They're not able to move past the loss. Yeah, yeah so that's that's what we categorize as chronic grief. And all these are um, influenced by things like your social support, the protective factors. Yeah, social and physiological. Like um, if you lost, let's say, um, a loss of a parent, a teenager losing a parent, it, they could easily... Um, experience chronic grief because now they don't even have the the mechanisms and they're not fully developed to understand how to deal with with the loss with the hormones and everything happening in their bodies they're not really adults they're not children so then it becomes a complication in a way Uh, so um, that's why it's very important that now we bring in a professional to help them process because they're stuck Mm. and numb uh, to help them process the grief and and just the emotions that are coming through. Claire, do you have anything to add? No, I think she I think she's covered it really well. And um, I'll just go back to complicating factors mm. or complicated grief. Sorry, that um, suicide and murder. Um, like the the reason I think is co- it's called complicated is because there's no there's no clear way to explain how that happened. It's not they were not sick. They they weren't hit by a car on the road. It's unexpected and unacceptable mm. by society so that's like that's why they're in that complicated phase we don't know what we call it yeah yeah 
you had mentioned some time back that the there can be a difference of grieving when somebody dies like tragically or if they've had a terminal illness for example if somebody was sick long term let's say for example is it possible that somebody would go through the stages of grief while this person is sick so by the time they're dead it's it's possible to go through the stages of grief because then it's more of like anticipated grief so you're grieving in anticipation that this person is gone and then nowadays uh, the doctors are very open and blunt and they'll tell you let's say if it's chronic cancer stage four um, so you see the person fading away but it doesn't mean that when they pass on you won't go through the stages yeah. again yeah. yes so what happens is that you go through the stages you go through your pain your emotions and everything um and and of course the pain you're crying and all that in anticipation but then when the person passes on then the finality of that death kicks in mm -hmm. and we you start again uh grieving the whole process of grieving yeah yeah that process sounds exhausting does it ever end honestly well yeah. what i what i keep saying and this is something i know i tell clients mainly anytime we meet is that uh grief doesn't end it isn't it eases as you as you progress forward um and the biggest task when it comes to finish um just going through the whole process is learning to live without the loved one mm -hmm. just accepting that you can live your life without this loved one and i compare it to the loss of a limp let's say your leg was amputated um it doesn't you never forget that that leg was there but you either have a prosthetic or as something just help you walk or yeah so that is just what grief does it eases over time and uh, you're able to go back to your normal daily routine but the wound and the pain and the loss will always remain so do men and women grieve differently do we grieve the same yes uh, men and women again gender um, so men will tend to be more logical and women will tend to be more emotional but that is a very generalized way of looking at it sometimes we oscillate in between whereby because again depending on again uh, we have people who are just again based on gender we have ladies or females who are more logical and males who are more emotional so it just depends on how you how someone um processes the whole situation and um what i've seen is that uh, depending on where you are at and and again i'll say this it again happens in continuum so one minute you might be emotional and then the next minute you're more intellectualizing it and rationalizing the whole situation um and the next one is you're googling and on the internet what grief is about and what death means so it just depends on on where we are at but generally men tend to be very rational about situations and and women become more emotional just i think also because of the way we've been socialized but then what i've also noted is let me give an example of a death of a child you find that a man will bury himself at work go back to work very quickly work 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 and then and the, and the maybe the mother of the child just cannot even get out of bed um and you find even with couples where by now uh one of the couples maybe the mom is feeling neglected or left out and 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 but just all this is happening because both of them are grieving very differently 
and they're not able to come at a point where they're now having a conversation about what is happening. Yeah, yeah so it's normally encouraged that uh, with such a case or such a situation, um, you find time maybe once a week or in the evenings where you can sit together and just reminisce and cry if you need to or hold each other to just bring that bond um, as you want so that you feel like you're both connected in the grief. Okay. Um, I'll ask this to you, Gloria. Do you think men react more logically because society doesn't give them the room to express their emotions? Right, yeah, I do. Culture and society has everything to do with it. So, like what you commonly hear is, oh, he's he's already finished grieving or He's not grieving as much as his wife, but that's because his wife could be crying mm. for the whole day. You've seen her crying, but him, you've seen, you've seen him at work or you've seen him maybe out with friends. But the thing that's important to note is that grieving is not a, it's not, there's no like standard for grieving. Crying isn't, doesn't equal grieving any more than working equals grieving. So men may appear to not be grieving or are grieving in a logical way, but they're doing it in a more society, societally acceptable way. Allow me to add to what she said. Um, also, don't forget that uh, we have people who are actually private mourners, mm-hmm. and we have people who mourn in, you know, in, not really in public, but with others, oh, social, yeah. socially together. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on where the person is. For the private mourners, they will cry or react or uh, feel the emotions overwhelmingly, but on their own, and it doesn't really show in public. Mm-hmm. Okay then. Um, you mentioned something. You talked about crying. Crying isn't the only way to show grief, yeah. And I think many people identify grief solely through emotional responses, maybe mm-hmm. like you know, crying, anger, whatever it is. How are the other ways grief manifests itself? Are there physical symptoms, maybe, or? Um, I I look at grief uh, when it comes to symptoms. I actually I've categorized them in four. So we have the emotional, cognitive. Um, physical and mental no sorry and spiritual mm-hmm. so um, and I'll just go in in, in um, one by one so the cognitive is just the mental how we react uh, mentally and uh, that looks that uh, would uh, that relates to your memory there's memory losses and memory lapses depending on how chronic or how uh, somebody depending on just the loss and how the person reacted to the loss so we could uh, you could have literally blocks of memory losses like you forget a whole day or forget small small things in life like yeah yeah so that that sometimes happens like some people can tell you that they don't remember what happened when they were told their loved one has passed on Mm. they have no recollection of that what happened that day they have no idea um, and then we have now uh, concentration whereby completely you can't focus on the small, small tasks. What was easy to be to do, like writing, becomes a task. Yeah, yeah. sitting, reading becomes a complete task, which uh, was done previously very well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so cognitively, those are the few things that are... And then um, even just exhaustion, mental exhaustion, extreme exhaustion. I just point out a few so that uh, at yeah. least we we go faster, and then now em- the emotional angle is where by now the hopelessness, the just feeling like uh, the world has come to an end. There's a lot of emotions that that come through: anger, uh, shock, yeah. surprise, 
sometimes relief depending on the situation and then we have the spiritual angle whereby someone is now asking and questioning is there god really mm-hmm. did my loved one go to where we think depending on uh, our re- our faith or our religious basis or our spirituality so there's a lot of questions so some people will actually be angry at god some people will be comfortable or get comfort from god some will completely refuse god um and some will just decide you know what my my loved one just moved to the other is a window through or they will reincarnate depending on what they think and uh, and finally the bodily reactions so we react fully even our physiologically we react as well so you find like i don't know that you've seen in funerals uh women tying lessos on their stomach mm-hmm. in just the middle of the stomach it's the hollowness that someone feels oh, wow. yeah the hollowness like your stomach is just so hollow so and 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 just that tying is just for you to feel like there's something there mm-hmm. um then of course there's the trembling there's a the shaking and uh and just loss of energy yeah and loss of appetite um lack of sleep yeah then crying which is a reaction as well an emotional reaction but it's physiological because of the sadness that you feel inside or the pain mm-hmm. yeah okay and if should someone be worried if this lasts for a certain period of time like if it lasts too long ideally um the normal process of grieving is at least within a year the person should be able to to function within a year so the first three months so that's how you gauge it's the first three months from day one to three and then six and then one year and then now you go two years and then now it's more of triggers mm-hmm. and memories that you you live with or the person lives with so um Leila had said earlier that um if let's say 10 years down the line you're not being able to function like you've not not moved on but you're still stuck on this person died maybe you didn't go back to work or to school or whatever that's now what we would say is like that's that's not expected that's not um healthy mm-hmm. even so 10 years down the line you'll still be triggered you'll still be sad but you should be able to function mm-hmm. so just go about your daily just simple basic tasks should be you should be able to do them okay so how then do you cope with grief and grieving um mainly what um what what i suggest is um keep a routine um just the routine that you used to wake up at 8 please wake up at 8 even if you don't feel like doing anything just keep a routine it helps you um go through the day because um when you're grieving especially the first 3 months it's um it's it's really complicated and uh, everything becomes a task even showering and eating becomes a task uh and we have instances where some people have actually noted to even have a loss of smell, loss of taste, mm-hmm. loss of memory. So it, it if you have a loss of memory, write a to-do list. Loss of smell and taste? Yes. Sounds like covid. Like COVID. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does again. Yeah, physio I think um men- our wellness, our mental health and our wellness and physiological just work go hand in hand. And then uh we of course we also encourage self-care. um exercise eating healthy um uh, spending time to either meditate or pray 
uh, depending on, on your on your belief system. And then uh, al- allowing the emotions to flow through. It's mm-hmm. very, very important. Um, it becomes a complex, it becomes complex when, uh, when you ask somebody, are you okay? And they're like, yes, I'm okay. And they're not. So it's very important that, uh, if you're not okay, it's okay to just say, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. I'm holding in there. Yeah. I'm holding up. I'm trying. Um, and then having just that moment to either, um, m- moments in a day where you just break down and express what you're feeling um some religions and uh, different people different uh, ethnic backgrounds we have some who put a shrine in their home with pictures and candles and they pray um some read uh, in memory of the person some even maybe use a perfume that the person used to use just to be in um in in remembrance of the person who died who passed on at that moment so depending on what is happening but just there's no right or wrong way of doing it as long as we are not denying or numbing or dissociating from from the whole process mm-hmm. then um but self care is very important and uh seeking the support from friends Anything to add? Um, an additional thing is, <clears throat> we usually say, just do the next best thing. So a lot of times you'll hear, especially if it's like fresh, like the the, the person has just passed away. Um, people are like, I can't even shower. I can't even like when they think of all the things that they have to do, it's just too much. So we usually like do the next best thing. If currently you're in bed, you've just woken up, then just step out of the bed. We won't discuss the making of the bed, the showering. Just come out of the bed. Once you're out, we can talk about make the bed. Mm. Like that, like that. So just on like on a general level, bring thing, make things um, bite-sized pieces. So don't think about this grand plan of December, we're going Christmas, whatever. Today, I'm just going to take a shower and eat some breakfast. Then in the afternoon, we'll see what happens. Okay, fantastic. Um, so I think... That's it. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Um, you can tell the audience where they can find you or how they can find you, but I'll link your details in the description for the episode. Nice. Okay. Thank you for having us. Um, my name is Gloria Gitonga. Um, my email address will be linked. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at face.yourfront. So I share like mental health tips and that sort of thing there, but you can also DM me just to chat. Um, yeah, and you can email me on the email that Pauline will share. Okay, Leila. Um, thank you, Pauline, for having us. This has been an interesting discussion. Um, and my name is Leila Kameli, like I said, and where you find me is, um, my practice is called Lean Counseling uh, Center. So just uh, go to search that and you'll find me there. And uh, all my social media pages is Lean Counseling, Lean Counseling. That's where you find me. Uh, but it will be on the description box in case you ha- have any questions regarding the conversation. Um, I'll definitely respond and answer any further questions from what we've had and what we've talked about. Fantastic. Um, both Leila and Gloria are brilliant counsellors. So if you need help dealing with grief, please feel free to reach out or with anything really, right? For the therapy, yes. Yes, and uh, I can't wait. I've done a book on grief, so uh, hoping to release it soon. So, yeah. Okay, great. 
I'll have all their details linked below. Um, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and see you in the next one on the series on grief. Thank you.